The psalmist tells us in Psalm 93, The Lord reigns. He is clothed in majesty. The Lord is clothed. He wears strength like a belt. Yes, the world stands firm. It will not be moved. Your throne was established long ago. You are from eternity. Amen. There they were. Four teens ripped out of their homes, kidnapped from their homeland, and taken by their enemies. They were now exiles living in a faraway foreign country. That's how the story begins in Daniel chapter 1 for Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They were from Jewish royalty, or at least Jewish distinguished families. When the Babylonians took the Jews, they brought them into their homeland, but they allowed them to settle and own land and have jobs. But the brightest and the best among them were taken into the king's palace and made officials in the Babylonian government. These four Jewish teens had to immerse themselves in the study of heathen culture. They could do that without compromise. They had to learn the language and literature of the Babylonians, but also keep away from their falsehoods. They could do that without compromise. They had received new names of, that were Babylonian, of Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Rakshak and Benny. They could do that without compromise. They also had to eat the special royal food and drink from the king's own wine. They could not do that without compromise. You see, the Jews were permitted to only eat clean foods as described by God in Leviticus chapter 11. They were also to make sure that their meat was properly prepared and all of the blood from the, from the carcass had been drained because God had forbidden his people from eating any blood. Also, the food that was going to be placed on the king's table, the meat and the drink, would have first been offered to the Babylonian gods before coming to the king's feast. For these reasons, Daniel and his three friends could not compromise. They requested permission not to defile themselves by eating the king's meat or drinking the king's wine. Instead, they asked for vegetables. Thankfully, the original word for vegetables also carries with it the idea of sown grains, meaning breads and grains. Because personally, I can't imagine just living on veggies alone. But notice what Daniel does and what he does not do. Daniel does not rebel. He does not revolt. He is respectful in his resistance because the Ashpenaz, the king's court official, he's afraid of losing his head if these four teenagers lose any weight. But he does not become angry or impatient with Daniel because God had made him have favoritism toward Daniel. This had to be the first and probably last time that teenage boys ever refused food. The four Jewish teens were tested for 10 days of eating their special diet. And God blessed their respectful resistance. God blessed Daniel's bold confirmation because he did not compromise God's word or will. So the question for us today then is, how can we give a bold confession of our faith in Christ 
when, instead of compromising, when we are interacting with governing authorities. And really, this is hard to do. We see in our epistle lesson from Romans 13, which naturally follows Romans chapter 12. Why that's important is Romans 12 talks about love in action. And then Paul shows us a way to put love in action by writing, Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for no authority exists except by God, and the authorities that do exist have been established by God. As Christians, we are willing to submit to governing authorities when they are acting as God's servant. God is working through them for our good. We have governing authorities here in America that we are to submit to. But the U.S. Constitution reminds us that we, the people, are above our governing authorities. We elect them. We pay their salaries. We are to give them honor and respect as the appointed authorities. But they are also to listen to and respect our wishes because they work for us. It's similar to how your pastors are over you in the church. We have authority. You are to honor and respect us. And yet, you also call us as your pastors. You pay our salaries that we are your servants in the gospel. Romans chapter 13 reminds us to submit to governing authorities as they are submitting to God's will. They are acting as God's servants. Revelation 13 also reminds us that governments and governing authorities can also switch sides. And they can then start serving Satan, the great red seven-headed dragon. And when governing authorities are submitting to Satan's will, then Jesus pictures them in Revelation 13 as a beast coming out of the sea, that it is a pet of the dragon. Jesus teaches us in our gospel lesson, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Martin Luther and then later on the Lutheran confession called the Magdeburg Confession also remind us that we do not give to Caesar the things that do not belong to Caesar. The pastors in the city of Magdeburg were very clear that we owe allegiance to God and Caesar. But they're also very clear that when Caesar exceeds his powers, then he is taking power away from Jesus Christ. They're also very clear in their writing that this is not about revolution or rebellion. It is about resistance. It is holding governing authorities accountable to their own laws as well as to God's laws. The Apology of the Augsburg Confession discusses resistance as Public remedy. It writes, Public remedy made through the office of the public official is not condemned, but it is commanded and is the work of God, according to Paul in Romans 13. God uses governing authorities to curb the sinful nature of its citizens so that everyone can live in good and godly order. God uses the, the governing authorities in this way to keep us from anarchy. But God also uses Christian citizens like us to curb the sinful natures of our governing authorities so that we live in good and godly order. God uses Christian citizens like us to keep us from tyranny. 
In whatever we do, we work hard to have a bold confession of our Christian faith instead of compromising that faith. So I want you to imagine perfect submission to governing authorities who are submitting to God's will, but also perfect resistance to governing authorities when they are submitting to Satan's will. Imagine that as driving down the middle of the road. But as sinful people, we're often veering to one ditch or the other. That we careen into one ditch because we care too much about things. About who's going to be the next Speaker of the House or the next U.S. President. We imagine that the right politicians and the right policies will finally fix our nation's ills. We consume all of our time in CNN or Fox News. We allow the government to have too much say in our lives and too much influence over our culture. We can also allow our humble submission to become blind obedience. And blind, absolute obedience is nothing more than worship. Jesus warns in his apocalyptic vision to St. John in Revelation 13 that People will worship the beast out of the sea, which represents persecuting governments that wage war on God's saints. So we can be over here on one ditch, but then very quickly we can careen over to the other ditch. And we care too little about what is going on in our nation. We sit on our sofa consuming Netflix and Cheerios. We don't know our civics or our constitution. We are not respectful in the way that we refer to the authorities God has placed over us. We resist, but not because what the policies that are proposed are illegal or immoral or, uh, or just poor policy, but we resist just because we don't like it. And so you see how we can easily sway from one ditch to the other. And when we're doing that, we are not fulfilling our vocation, our godly duty as Christian citizens. So what are we going to do? Well, in all we do, we work to confess Christ. We confess Christ, who was Jesus, the God-man, Jesus, who obeyed and he respected his earthly authorities in his family, in religion, and in politics. He submitted, for example, to his mother's authority when she came to him for help with an issue of a wedding at Cana, running out of wine. But notice what Jesus says to her. Woman, what does it have to do with you and me? My time has not yet come. Jesus' answer is a little bit cryptic, but what he's saying there to his mother is, Mom, I love you, And you have authority over me as your son, but you do not have authority over me in my role as Messiah, as God's son. My time has not yet come. Jesus submitted to the will of the Jewish religious leaders when they had him arrested. He submitted to Governor Pilate when he had Jesus scourged and even crucified. But notice that Jesus does not give to these authorities what does not belong to those authorities. He also resisted those religious leaders when they demanded an answer from him. And he remained silent. He resisted Pontius Pilate when he demanded answers to his questions and then was surprised when Jesus remained silent. 
Jesus resisted King Herod when Herod wanted him to perform like a circus clown and perform miracles to please him. In these ways of submission and resistance, Jesus gave a bold confession that he was the Christ. But understand that Jesus was the only one who was perfect in his submission to governing authorities and who was also perfect in his resistance to those same governing authorities. Jesus is our example. But more than that, he is our substitute. Jesus perfectly drove down the middle of the road when it came to the fourth commandment where he perfectly obeyed and submitted to his parents, his religious authorities, his political authorities. He perfectly submitted to the governing authorities according to Romans 13, even before that chapter was written. He perfectly gave to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. He never once compromised that he was the Christ. And in these ways, Jesus perfectly obeyed God's word and his will. And he did this to cover over our sinful attitudes and actions, to cover over our sinful disobedience and disrespect and our inactions, to cover over our sinful refusal to submit to God's servants as well as our sinful blind obedience to Satan's servants. Jesus also passively obeyed God's word and will. He passively allowed both his religious and his political leaders to scourge him and take him to that cross. But he went to the cross and out of the grave to pay for our absence of worship of the true God, as well as pay for our abundance of worship to the beast out of the sea. Staying in the middle of the road is hard. It's like Frodo and Sam on the long road to Mordor. Or it's like Luke Skywalker only using the light side of the force and not the dark side of the force. Now I understand that only a handful of you and Pastor Klusmeyer understood those references. So make it like this. Maybe it's like trying to decide what college or what career to pursue. Or maybe more difficult than that. It's trying to decide, do you give money to your parent who has become an alcoholic? Or do you refrain from giving money to your child who has become addicted to drugs? Those are difficult decisions. And we're going to come down in different areas, even though we're doing it out of love. So what do we do? Continue to study God's word. Pray for wisdom. Trust one another's sanctified reasoning when they come down with a different way of applying scriptures in that difficult situation. Pray for your leaders. Become active in your vocation as citizens. Maybe even active enough by being involved in some level of government so that you can serve both God and citizens as their servants. May God bless us with wisdom and a sanctified spirit as we submit to governing authorities as they are submitting to God's will. May God bless us with wisdom and sanctified spirit to resist governing authorities when they are submitting to Satan's will and becoming the beast out of the sea. May God use his governing authorities to curb our sinful natures, to keep us from anarchy, 
And may God use us as Christian citizens to curb the sinful natures of our governing authorities to keep them from tyranny. And always may we repent and receive Christ's forgiveness through his active and past obedience. Through it all, we pray that we remain respectful in our submission or resistance so that no matter what we are doing, we are giving a clear confession of Christ instead of compromise. Amen.